So, Lord, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your amazing provision. As uh, we've been saying a couple of times, Lord, thank you that the, uh, the amounts of money we're talking about are just, um, they're just bits of pavement in heaven. <laughs> they're just drops in the ocean uh, when, when we're in line with your will. That's the point. Father God, you are completely faithful. You, you always equip wherever you call. And so the question is about calling. And then the question is about obedience. So Father, we trust completely that you will give your church exactly what we need. Help us to align ourselves with you. Help us to, to truly be obedient. Lord, I, I thank you for every single one of us can, that can tell a story of how you've worked in our personal finances. Perhaps when, when we've just taken that decision to, to truly put you first. And Lord, we also acknowledge that in our culture, in our age, in our day, that, that is not an easy thing to do. There is a battle. There's a battle in our hearts, in our minds. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray against any sense of, of guilt, any sense of feeling forced in this issue. I, I, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ against any sense of burden or, or weighing upon us. I pray for freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask Holy Spirit that you would come and bring freedom and release from the wrong, uh, the wrong power of money, the, the way it forces. For those in debt in this room, those who are thinking, yeah, but you don't know my credit card debt or my mortgage or whatever it may be, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for release and for freedom. I thank you, God, that you don't need a single penny uh, forced. Everything we have comes from you. And so only of your own do we give you. Set us free, set us free, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, there will be lots of you wondering why you're always talking about money. If you're here new, by the way, I'm Andrew still. Um, if you're here new and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you'll be thinking, every time I go to church, they're talking about money. You're bound to be thinking that. I just want to say straight off, I really hope that you would see that what we're trying to be is, is real and family and transparent. This, this church has not always had, and I don't mean to imply uh, an underhand way, but this church has not always found it easy to be transparent about money. We've not always found it easy to, to really speak openly in family ways about money. So the reason we've given an amount of time, if you're ever so slightly frustrated by that, is to try and be transparent. That's what we're trying to do is we don't have anything to hide uh, and, and so we just want to just be in conversation with each other and we need to be in that conversation. So please take seriously the invitation to information evenings to, to ask and to share. There is nothing off limits. You know, there may be things that look like elephants in the room but they're not really elephants. They're only little mice. There's nothing off limits. There's nothing off limits. Just to add to what Mike says, we know that in our story as a church, we had a massive disruption, of course, three years ago. And the, and the staffing that we had set up had been set up by Mark and Karen, with Gareth on team, with David joining team. The setup we had was appropriate for what we thought we were going to be doing then. 
We thought we were going to have the national leader of new wine and therefore we'd need more resources here in church. That changed. And we're playing a bit of catch up. We have a bigger staff team, a bigger leadership team than we right need at this moment. That will change, but we don't know when it will change exactly. Is everyone trying to pray faithfully and look for the change? Absolutely, 110%. But this is family. This is family. Someone in PCC said, Andrew, why don't we just give you a blank piece of paper and then you write down it on it, the staff team that you want? That's not church family. I've been in business. I've done that. I've, I know how to do that. But that's not what leading a church is like. That's not family. That's not who we are. So we're tracking with God and we're seeing where he leads us. And it's my privilege and pleasure just to say a little bit about, about our vision and our sense of where we're going. And I'll try and do that as quickly as I can so that I still do have a staff team. I'm not trying to lose my kids' team through speaking. Um, Andrew, could you show a video? Um, this is what I think it's all about. So there you go. That's what it's all about. I hasten to add, I am not the guy in shorts at the beginning. <laughs> Who's the most important person in that uh, example of a movement starting? The second one. The follower. You may have seen that video before. It's been used by many youth workers over the years. Do you notice how long that first follower had to keep going before someone else joined? Would you have stopped? <laughs> Would I have stopped? And then the third follower, who did look a little bit like me, I noticed. <laughs> Sleek. Isn't that interesting? And a movement starts, a movement happens. And then more and more come, and if any of you know about change management, and I used to do consultancy about it, so I ought to know a few things, but probably I don't. Consultants just borrow your watch and tell you the time, don't they? Apologies to all other consultants in the room. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to affect change, it's those first followers, it's those first people who get it who are prepared to, to stand, stand out. And then others join, and you capture and you get a movement. And it's fun and exciting. And that's what all this is about. We're talking through January about the big picture as well as the detail of, the, of our finances and, and, and what God is calling us to. And we're not doing it from a negative. We're not doing it from a, a management point of view. We're not trying to manage our deficit down and we're not looking to see how long we could keep going. We're asking God, what are you about? What do you want us to do? What's the movement that is here? Because God is faithful. We have, don't we, Andrew, that first slide. We have, uh, we have a mission statement as a church. If we can pop that up, thank you. This is, this is enduring. This is the purpose of, of Trinity Cheltenham. This is the reason, by the way, if we fulfill this, why Trinity Cheltenham will continue to be here. If we stop serving this purpose, there is no guarantee that Trinity Cheltenham will be here. The church of Jesus Christ will prevail to the last day. There is no guarantee for Trinity Cheltenham or any other sunt anything anywhere or any other kind of form of church. This is why we're here. 
making followers of Jesus Christ who are committed to changing communities and nations. And God has been faithful and God will be faithful to us in every season and in every generation. But next slide. The question is, what's for now? What's the picture for now? And there you go. That's our picture that we're working with with now. All in with God, all in with each other, all in for the world. You probably heard it said that when uh, Disney World Florida was opened up and, and Dr. Disney had died a few, a few little while earlier, one of the reporters said to Mrs. Disney, I wish Dr. Disney could have seen this. And she said, he did. He did. I see a church family where we're completely all in with God, we're all in with each other and we're all in for the world, which means that I don't see that now. That's the truth, isn't it? If you see a picture of the future, it's because you think God is, is calling you. It's simple language, but it's also rich language, isn't it? Jesus said, whoever loses their life for me will find it. Whoever's all in. In Matthew 19, a rich young, rich young guy comes along to Jesus and says, what do I need to give to be all in with you? And Jesus says... All. God is all in with us when Jesus comes, lives, dies on the cross, rises again. He is all in, Philippians. He humbles himself. He's all in. It's rich language, this. It's the language for me of Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Let's read them. Let's notice. They devoted themselves, the first Christians, the first embryonic bit of church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all. The people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Next slide. If I have to sum this up, what for me all in is about, it's about us being a mission movement, a mission movement, not an institution, but a movement of people following Jesus on mission together. Now, I reckon there are different words that I could put before that statement about being a mission movement. Some I know if you're here with us, you might be say you might want to say become a mission movement. You've not experienced church as being a mission movement of people. I think there are other people here who might want to say recapture trinity as a mission movement. I wonder if there are people who want to say, reimagine Trinity as a mission movement. 
I, I think what's amazing about our church and the way that God has used us and shaped us through the generations is there has been this strong sense of mission movement about us. I reckon that there are lots of people sitting in this room, lots of people who belong to our church, because this felt exactly like a mission movement, not a fixed institution. There was an excitement here, there was a buzz here, there was, there was a desire here. But next slide. When I was interviewed for the post of lead pastor, I asked God the night before the interviews to give me a picture. And I shared it with the interview panel, not entirely certain how they would take it. Because the Lord showed me Trinity as a very big salmon. It was gorgeous, sleek. But it was in a cage. It was a farmed salmon. At which point, Bishop Rachel, who was chairing the panel, said, are you trying to tell me that you think Trinity is like a big, fat, farmed salmon? And I said, well, I think that's what God might be saying. And then in my picture, I saw a wild salmon swim by. And I felt God say, Trinity has been and is called to be like a wild salmon. Wild salmon will travel about 6,000 miles in their lives. They'll go 200 miles up a river to spawn again, to reproduce. Wild salmon can swim in both salt water and fresh water. They're one of the very few animals that can do that. They can survive both within and without. Wild salmon have the most amazing effect upon their ecosystems. They are keynote species. Now, I don't want to get too hung up about reimagining or recapturing or restoring or being or becoming or whatever language would be your word before the concept of being a mission movement rather than a fixed institution. But if you want a picture for me about what it means to be all in with God, all in with each other and all in for the world, there it is. Willing to travel. Absolutely fixed on purpose. And reproducing. And affecting everywhere. Salt water and fresh water. I wonder if that just immediately just resonates with a few of us. See, institutions in themselves are not bad things. Institutions, schools, hospitals, the NHS can, can encapsulate and hold values and beliefs. They can, they, can, they can free us to serve in the most wonderful ways. But becoming institutionalised, well, that isn't so positive, is it?
Alan Scott gave a prophecy on this platform in December 2016 about becoming again a sending out church. John Peters at third person gave a prophecy about evangelism and being a sending out church. John Coles, when he came and spoke, spoke about us being a river movement, a sending out church. I don't think I'm a million miles away from the mark here. A guy called Alan Hirsch, next slide, who writes about mission movement, says, what are the characteristics of a mission movement? Well, number one, Jesus is Lord, Colossians 3.11. Christ is all and in all. Everything, every decision is Christ-centered. Tim and Gareth last week, last week speaking powerfully about that. A mission movement is disciple-making. Come, follow me, said Jesus. A, a, a mission movement is both attractive and sending out. Did you notice that in Acts chapter 2? They were both attracting people to them and every day they were going into the temple courts. It's both and. In recent years, there's been a bit of a debate between different styles of church, some who put a premium on the incarnational, the attractional, others that put a premium on the missional. Alan Hirsch is saying the future, what we're on the verge of, is both and. Fivefold ministry, Ephesians 4. It was he who gave some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Many churches, I think this one recently, can be dominated by pastors and teachers, teachers and shepherds. Where are the apostles? Where are the evangelists? Where are the prophets? Organic systems. Alan Hirsch has a, a word, chaotic. You need chaotic systems. You need enough order that it's not anarchy, but you need enough chaos that there's creativity. The image we're given is of the body, 1 Corinthians 12, 14. The body, organic. And the spirit. Galatians 5, 16, we're called to live by the spirit. But also spirit, small s. Hebrews 10.24, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. I think God wants us to recapture, reimagine, restore, become, be, enjoy, serve as a mission movement. How do you turn that into reality? So for each of our all-ins, we have a P, don't we? All in with God, we talk about positioning, how we come before him. Has there been a sense of self-importance about us, which needs a new humility? 
I've had lots of words given to me about ships that need refitting, ships that need to find a new course. What does it mean for us to have that humility? Partnering with each other. I keep saying it, we're just really not good at releasing the gifts. Being a mission movement is about releasing the gifts, not people on the platform. That's the vision. And planting for the world. So all in with God, we've set some specific priorities as a church. So this is not new vision. Next slide, please, Andrew. Uh, As a leadership and as as a PCC, we are already at work in these specific areas. I'm updating you rather than giving you a vision. We're, We're looking at what are the habits that make our beliefs real. We need to be disciple-making followers of Jesus. Tim and some others working on some material that will be through our website in other ways, healthy habits. But we need the practices that make our beliefs real. It's not enough for Trinity to say, these are our values, they're written down. It's what do we inhabit, what do we live? Patterns of prayer and worship How do those need to develop and evolve? We've already been trying to do that with some of the things that you've seen and experienced. The the three days of fasting and prayer. If you could put the slide up again, Andrew. The three days of prayer and fasting are about patterns of prayer and worship and equipping people for for spirit ministry. That's what the naturally supernatural training is, is all about. What does it look like? It looks like everyone growing as a follower of Jesus. And that is not the case yet. Positioning. The next one is partnering. We've got to have leadership structures which nurture and release gifts. This is why we're doing so much remodelling in our our staff team. I know that God is calling us to have less paid staff so that we actually free and use better than we already have been the gifts that are sitting in this room and beyond our church. We're not going to appoint, or hopefully not appoint, a paid teams administrator, partly for financial reasons, but partly because we're looking for volunteers. We'd love people to be involved in the ministries in our church. It's one of the reasons why we need to move our staff offices from where they are to somewhere where they're accessible. Our staff offices are deliberately and rightly, I know it was good intention, in the centre of the town, to be in the centre of the town, but in my view, they disable our healthy function as a church because you need a key fob to get to me. Many times I like that, but (laughs) that's not healthy church, is it? That's not all of us in it together. We've got to be sensible, of course, about arrangements. You know what I'm trying to say. Resources being aligned with vision. That's what a lot of this work, as God calls our attention through our finances, is about. Our resources being aligned with vision. If we're going to be a mission movement, what do we actually need as a church family to be funding? It really bothers me that we have no community space whatsoever. It bothers me that we have no cafe kind of space where people can just rub together and bump together. It bothers me that the only way that you can find out at the moment if someone else shares your passion is if you are someone in an office down there and they reply to your email to put you in touch. That's not a healthy way of being a mission movement. I'm not criticising... I'm critiquing and I'm asking people who want to join me in doing something about that. Because friends, by definition, it's not a top-down solution, is it? 
That goes exactly against what you're trying to do. Somehow it has to be us. Investing in partnerships. I'm delighted to tell you that there is stuff that's going on in that area. I'll come to that again in a moment. um, Planting. That slide, please, Andrew. Equipping everyone as missionaries. Do you know that you're a missionary? I've said before in this, in this church, I'd love to have one of those maps. We have one where we put some of our mission partners. I'd like to have a pin, a little pin for every single one of you. You know, with a, you know have you ever seen those maps where people put their mission partners with a coloured pin and then a bit of string coming back to Trinity Cheltenham? I'd love to have one for all the 800 to 1,000 or whatever number it is. It really doesn't matter. People that belong to Trinity Cheltenham. Tomorrow, you're a missionary. Today, you're a mission. Do you know that? You're a missionary. And that has to be our sense of people on a mission movement. The biggest cost for me in coming into full-time ministry was taking a step back out of the real world. Every Monday morning, I envy you. That's how it should be. Because you are the front line, you are doing the business, you are the missionaries in the mission movement. And even though our church does not feel like that at the moment, that is the vision. That's where we've got to get to, is that sense of things. Everyone a missionary, innovation, adventure, that the assumed answer is yes. The assumed answer is yes. If it's in line with our vision, if it's going for it with God, the answer is yes. You don't need permission. So a church where it's not leaders having mission, uh, having ministry, and we ask others to help us with our ministry. It's about us helping you with your ministry. All in with each other. That's what it looks like. All in planting. So just very quickly, next slide. Here are some of the things already happening. I've alluded to a few of them under the heading of positioning, the prayer, healthy habits, the talking relationship series, equipping, faith for generations. That's massively significant about how it's everyone in our church uh, growing as followers. We're going to have a big review of our kids' work this, this month and really looking and thinking about how we uh, are an all-age discipling mission movement. Naturally supernatural, I've already said. Third person, delighted to tell you that Paul and Becky Harcourt will be coming as our speakers for third person this year. Next one, partnering. The reason we're having Connect, and that's running every Thursday through term times, is so that on a Thursday evening, there's a single point of contact where people can come. If you're new to our church or you're not yet in a group, you can come. Nikki and I and other leaders will be there to meet with you. Um, remodeling of the roles in the staff team. I've already said about Teams Admin. Youth and students are ahead of us. They've already been doing this partnership stuff. Men's ministry, women's ministry. Um, When I first joined our church, half the emails I got were from people saying, uh, as a woman, I'm upset that so much goes into men's ministry and there's nothing for women. And the other half were from men who said, as a man, I'm really upset that we do so... I'm just delighted that Nikki and Nick are, uh, are really taking us forward in men's and women's ministry when it comes to partnering. 
Mentoring. We uh, are having a, a, a training evening uh, for mentoring to kickstart mentoring through our church. Really believe that this is an absolute fundamental to how we become a mission movement. Uh, about 100 people in our church are going to get an invitation to come to that as the first tranche. And I'm excited about that, about how we can really help each other to grow as followers of Jesus. And that will launch in February. I meet regularly to pray with Town Centre Church ministers now. We've got our partnerships in Kenya. We've got partnerships with Fresh Hope and some stuff we're trying to, looking forward to hoping to be able to announce uh, very soon taking place in Fusion in partnership with Fresh Hope. And I'm delighted to say that the amazing Anne Gate is now going to be our new volunteer, volunteers coordinator. Because at the moment, we don't look after each other very well, or as well as we could. And if we're serious about this, being a volunteer in a role is just as important as somebody who gets paid to stand up on this platform. Yeah. Last one, um, under, under planting, um, we're really working with our ministries to try and water what I would describe as the green spaces. So what I mean by that is we have what I would describe another mission people talk about as our yellow space. That's when we're with other Christians. That's when we're in our life group, we're here in church, we're reading our Bible, we're in our kind of yellow space. But the reality is we're all missionaries in the blue space, trying to be Christians. Guess what? What do you need to get? You need a bit of green space, don't you? So what does it mean for every one of our life groups to really intentionally create opportunities for Christians and non-Christians to meet together? What does that mean for every one of our ministry areas to intentionally increase the green space where faith and relationships meet? What does it mean for every single one of our life groups to either be a group of missionaries and you're supporting each other as missionaries or to form a life group to be on a mission for a specific purpose. Every one of our life groups. That's the vision that we're going for. That's the work that we're involved in. Not on our turf. Anti-slavery initiative. Started it last year, picking it up for this year. Global Leadership Summit had 100 people from across the town and elsewhere gather for the last Global Leadership Summit in the autumn. We're going to do that again and see that as a hub for innovation and for changing, changing our community. We've got some serious conversations going on about what we might be able to do in the realm of pupils who are excluded from schools. About 60 pupils at the moment not got a space in a pupil referral unit anywhere in Cheltenham or the surrounding area. That's 60 young people with nothing to do. I believe God wants us to transform Cheltenham with those kinds of initiatives. That's what kingdom planting initiatives look like. We're in conversation with the Stroudwater team. They want us to help them start a new congregation, a new spirit and word congregation. And we're going to do that in the next two or three months. We're in a serious conversation with Coney Hill in Gloucester. Don't exactly know what this one will look like, but again, the bishop is supporting us absolutely. The vicar there, James Farragher, is a, is a word and spirit new whiner. He's desperate for uh, revival and, and mission to come into that part of Gloucester. Those are serious conversations 
that are taking place right now. And as I joked on Thursday, when we get to heaven and we say to God, you know, we had this idea that we wanted to be missional and sending out. Why didn't you help us more? I really hope God's not going to say, didn't you notice I took the roof off the building for a while? Now, I want to be clear about this. I don't know what this exactly looks like because God hasn't told us yet. I don't know what it exactly looks like because it's going to be us rather than a top-down management plan. But my instinct is, my instinct is that some, please hear the word some, some of us may find ourselves doing things during that season that mean we don't come back to this building. I think this building will exist. I think it will be significant as a hub. I think it will be significant for what God wants us to be as a mission movement. But perhaps some of us will choose positively, with prayer, with thought, to go maybe and help Coney Hill start something. It would be right for you to not come back, wouldn't it? Maybe some of us will go and start up another site for Trinity Cheltenham. And it would be appropriate for you with leadership there to, to remain there. I think it's an amazing opportunity, isn't it? But I have heard people this week say, Andrew, I was really surprised to tell, hear you say that Trinity Cheltenham's going to stop. <laughs> At least they're talking about us. Worse than decline? Irrelevance. I'd at least like to have emails from people upset <laughs> than no conversation at all. Have I been able to be clear about that? The spirit that there is in it, the hope that there is in this sending out. So let's put the salmon up again. There is an enormous amount that is already happening to change the culture of our church. People who write about these things say that it takes four to eight years to change a culture. There are no quick fixes because to provide you with a neat quick fix would entirely go against everything that I think God has just been trying to share through me. But that's not the same as nothing is happening. Lots is happening. Our Lord God, the Lord of this church, is changing us step by step. He is shaping us, I believe, as a mission movement. Someone had a word on Thursday night. They said, you know what, God is delighted that you're trying to ask him to set the agenda. He actually would bless us if we just tried to carry on to some degree. So there is choice here. There is choice. But I don't want to just be wasted on being comfortable. I don't think that's what all this is about. I don't want to be a big, fat, farmed salmon I might be a big, fat lead pastor, but I don't want to be a big, fat, farmed salmon. I want to be a wild salmon. 
And I don't underestimate, and I, I don't pretend to you that it, it won't have cost. It will have cost. It will have cost. But wow, what an opportunity. What God is already doing. I pray that you're up for more of it. I pray that you will be with me the answers to the questions that are so obvious. We're completely out of time. I've lost a kid's team. Can you stand if you're able to? We'll just hold for one, one or two more minutes. We'll, uh, we'll just hold for one or two more minutes and I'll apologise, I promise, to all our kids' team and volunteers. I think they might have guessed it could happen. Would you just join with me, if you, if you feel able to, just with one or two things. The first is, I completely want to honour before the Lord Jesus all his faithfulness and blessing in the life of this church. I honour every leadership that has gone before. I honour Tim and Hills and Gareth and Zoe and all those who are, who are transitioning now. I honour all the ways that they have given themselves to the calling of the Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that whilst there might be some critiquing and there might be question about where you're leading us forward, it's not the same, I pray, as any spirit of criticism. And I apologise in the name of the Lord Jesus if that has in any way sounded to be criticism. I pray blessing on every past leader of this church. And I thank you, God. But I also pray in the name of Jesus Christ for us to be the church that you want us to be. I pray that you will release your spirit, not for a, an Andrew idea or a Mike idea or anyone else's idea, but only what you want. And immediately I just lay down everything I've just shared before you, God. And if there's anything of it that is not of you, just let it go, let it go. But what is of you, Jesus? What is for you, Jesus? Holy Spirit, come. Rise up in us a passion for the things of, of you, all in with you, Jesus. Release a, a movement of mission. Lord, there are, there are 97% of the population out there now who don't know you, Jesus. That's not good enough. That's not right. Release in the name of the Holy Spirit, in the, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, release a passion for mission. We are all missionaries. We are all commissioned and appointed by God to serve our unique personalities and gifts and in the name of Jesus Christ may I be bold enough to commission the whole of this church as missionaries as missionaries come Holy Spirit set your people on fire flood through our homes our families our children our young people flood through with all that you want and lead us, lead us out.